Now, Pastor Rick will share his third message in the April Sermon Series, Epic Stories. How many of you were at the egg drop yesterday? Great egg drop. Oh, boy, we had a blast, didn't we? It was cold, but we had a blast anyway. Wasn't near as wet, and thank God for that. You know, that was a, an epic story as well. You say, all that stuff, did y'all watch the weather Friday? And how about it just kind of the worst went above us and beneath us? And I saw the, I saw the uh, rainfall totals late yesterday, and this area right here got less rain than any area all around us. There were five, almost five inches, I think, up at somewhere up in Walker County that was dropping. Uh, just a little over an inch of rain that dropped right here. And uh, we were amazed. Uh, and we were talking about four-wheel drives and chains and having those ready because we thought we were going to pull out a lot of people that were stuck because a couple of years ago we had people get stuck when there was some rain during the week. It was amazing. You know, that was pretty epic how God took care of us in that way yesterday. And, uh, and all that stuff just kind of went around us. This, so just amazed for that. Thank you again for everyone. Let me just say that as well. It's been said one or two times already. Let me say it again. Thank you for everybody who worked hard. to make, And I was amazed. Something else I was amazed at yesterday is how many people were there yesterday that I talked to that had not been to the first two. And uh, they were just so appreciative and so thankful to us for... Uh, for, for doing this, for 2911 doing this, and man, all the vendors and, and local merchants that uh, gave gifts. I uh, mean, I saw, I saw one of the pictures. I don't, I, I don't think it was up earlier at the, in, the, uh, in the preview before the service started, but I saw a picture of a couple little boys. Man, they had a bags of stuff that they were carrying home that, uh, that uh, some of the local vendors had helped us with, with free prizes and things. Just a whole lot. And the, the, uh, the helicopter people, I'll tell you, that, let me tell you this. When you you see, ever see that helicopter, if you're around here, sometimes I hear it and I tell David, I say, well, our neighbor's home, you know, because they just, they're just right over here. And, and, uh, but you see that helicopter, pray for those people. Last year, they didn't charge us a bit. And the way they're talking this year, they're not charging us again this year. That is expensive. I mean, they're like several, several hundred dollars an hour for them. And, you know, that was less than an hour, but they normally have a one-hour minimum. They didn't charge us last year. They're talking about not charging us this year. So pray for their business and also the, the family that, that uh, has the field, you know, they've got all that for sale. We were, we're going to pray really hard now that the egg drop's over that they sell their field, okay? Now, so, uh, <laughs> but we want to pray for them, and just, and they, they loan that to us. You know, we, we approach them about renting it, borrowing, you know, renting it, giving them something for it for the day, and they just wouldn't have it. When we told them what it was for, they just wouldn't have it. They wanted to be a part of pouring into the community. So when you pass by that house, you see that for sale sign, pray all kinds of blessings over them if that, and all the people. If you, especially, uh, if, if, check Facebook out, and you'll see that picture there of our sponsor banner. That tells you all the people that sponsored. And when you, walk, when you go into those places, tell them, say, we really appreciate you helping with our egg drop. Because, and when you do that, that'll also make them want to be involved next year because they'll remember that you remembered that they helped. So... So we thank everybody that had a part in all that good stuff and everything that was happening. Now, everybody know what today is? Palm Sunday. Fewer people knew in this service than did the early service. I mean, I think everybody in the whole building knew it was Palm Sunday. Well, what about uh, next week? Anybody know what next week is? Easter. And you know what? Here, here's the thing. Next week is Easter, and we've got an epic sermon for you. We've had three already, right? Or this is the third one. We have an epic sermon for you next week about the most epic story, the most epic life that was ever lived, the most epic person ever lived on the face of this earth, um, the epic story of Easter. And you have somebody in your, your life, your family, your friends, one of your communities that you live, work, or are traveling in some way, that needs to be in church. And listen, next Sunday is the greatest opportunity to get unchurched people in church than any other time of the year. 
you know, unless, unless you're a mom and you can somehow you know, twist an arm to get them here on, on Mother's Day, next Sunday is your greatest opportunity. And if you blow it this week, if you don't invite that person that needs to be, you gotta, you gotta wait 365 more days before you get another opportunity for an Easter. So do everything you can. Do everything you can to get somebody here next week. We're gonna definitely give opportunity for people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior uh, because that's, that's what it's all about. And uh, we've got quite a few guests here today, first-time attenders, and I wanna tell you we're so glad that you're here with us today. And, and I'll just tell you a little bit, just real quickly about 2911. One of the things we're about is we're not, we're not just wanting to be another church for people to pass by. We're, we're really a church with a vision of trying to reach those who have no church home or those who have no church history or background. And of the 170 to 180 people who regularly attend Church 2911 right now, over 60 of those were not attending church anywhere before coming here. And that's what our vision, our goal is. So next week, we want to give opportunity for people to know Jesus Christ because that's what we're all about. We're not about swapping members with people. We're about finding the people that nobody else has found. And so please invite them. And here's the second thing I want to ask you about doing. I want to ask you, I, I want to really encourage you. We've, we've added another row of chairs in here, and, uh, and sometimes we have to add several more. But we've got, we've got eight rows in here. We normally have seven rows, make it not quite so crowded. But uh, we, we really need 20 or 30 more people to move from this service to the 930. And I, I would encourage you, you know, next week's Easter, if you've got something going on in the afternoon, come to the early service. Bring your family with early service, all your friends to the 9.30. And 9.30 is not really early when you think, you know, most of you have to be at work or school at 8, right, during the week. 9.30 is not that early. But if you'll do that, uh, there'll be some of you that try that 9.30 and you realize how that whole, all, that whole thing works for you and you'll say, man, this is for me. It is for me. You know, if I, if I wasn't the pastor and I came to one service, 9.30 would be the one I would come to. And we really need to move some more people there. So we've got a little more room in this 11 o'clock service because sometimes we are really, really packed them in uh, just to get them here, okay? And so listen, uh, you know, if 11 o'clock is your time, that's great. Please keep coming. I'm saying some of you that can just try it, and maybe next Sunday will be a good time for you to try that. Okay, let's get to the message this morning. I'm going to talk to you about epic stories, and everybody's got an epic story. Everybody's got an epic story. You just might not know it, but you've got an epic story. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, you have an epic story. Okay, they don't believe you maybe, but they have an epic story. Let's have a word of prayer and let's get into our message. Say, Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for all the epic stories of my life, God. Uh, Lord, I, I could spend all day telling my epic stories, God, the things that you have done for me. God, times that you've saved my life. God, times that I know I should have died, Lord, that you have saved my life. Lord, th things that you've done in my family, God, times that you have, you have uh, ministered to me and, and financial blessings, Lord, when I was, I was at the bottom, Lord, and you found a way to get something to me to sustain me, Lord. And uh, God, I, I thank you, Lord, for times that you healed me, Lord, and people around me. And God, for all the epic stories that are here in this room, Lord, and, and uh, many have, have shared with me and told me, Lord, and I thank you, God, for that. And I just pray, God, that you help us understand Lord, that we need to tell these stories. God, please challenge us today to, to uh, tell the stories, to relate the stories. God, to, to give this witness of the great work that you want to do in all of our lives, God, so that somebody else can be encouraged and someone else can know you better. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, Palm Sunday. Let's go to the story of Palm Sunday in the book of John and read just a few verses of Scripture. And this is going to be the backdrop for our epic stories sermon this morning. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And, okay, so, so get this. They, they came to see Jesus, but a lot of them came because 
Lazarus was there. They knew Lazarus was going to be there, and they wanted to see Lazarus, you know. And, and how many of you like to see a dead person that had been raised back to life? I mean, would you, would you show up for that? I mean, if we announced that, if we, we put a commercial out on the radio and TV and said, hey, we've we got a dead guy that's come back to life, you know, you'd want to be, that's what they were doing, okay, uh, whom he had raised back to life. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. They wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus. Because on account of Lazarus, many, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Just like the song that we sang just a few moments ago. Remember remember the word Hosanna? We sang that just a few moments ago, didn't we? And uh, that's almost a nonsensical word because it doesn't mean anything else, just like hallelujah. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean anything except, except praise God. Thank God, you know, hallelujah, hosanna. That's, that's all it means. That's the only time we really use these words. And, but that's what we sang just a few moments ago. That's, and where this comes from is this comes from, uh, this, comes from uh, this day, but also Scripture, the Old Testament, where they sang, hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here's what happened. Jesus is uh, uh, coming into Jerusalem, and people hear about it, and so they kind of run out to the streets, and all of a sudden an impromptu parade begins to happen. Uh, they, just, they just set up an impromptu parade. I, I mean, they just line the streets. People, people start tearing uh, palm branches out of the trees, and they go and they lay them in the street in front of Jesus to make a, a carpet for the, the donkey's colt that he's riding on to, to walk on. They, they take the palm branches and they wave them to Jesus, and it says that some even take off their coats. The, uh, other other uh, gospel writers remember that some even took off their coats and laid them in front of the colt that that walked on him and, and to make this carpet for him. And they waved their coats. You know, everywhere that Jesus goes, he leaves an epic story behind. I mean, you know, he, he can't show up anywhere without something epic happening all around him. And I mean, you know, he, he can't even go into Jerusalem. He can't even walk into the city of Jerusalem without a parade happening. I mean, you know, you know, you, you, sometimes you want to just slip in. I remember, man, uh, when, when we were uh, serving as, you know, out of state, serving as state youth directors in other states, and we'd come back home, you know, we'd be here on the weekend. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to go, when I was here, I'd like to go over to Church of Highlands. It's on the other side of town, and, and it's, not, it's not, you know, of our denomination. And I'd like to go, you know why I'd like to go in there? Because, man, I'd like to go in there and sit because nobody knew me, and they didn't know I was a, uh, that I had a, a title or a position, so they didn't make me stand up, you know, and testify. You know how people do that sometimes. Oh, we got a preacher with us today. Hell, stand up and give us a word from God. You know, a lot of times, man, I just want to kind of slip in. Jesus he could never slip in anywhere. You, you read these stories? I mean, you got people interrupting his day. You got people interrupting his meals. You got people interrupting him. Everywhere Jesus goes, something epic happens. And I mean, even this day, this day that, that on our calendar we call Palm Sunday was the day that he was just walking into Jerusalem. He, he, he sent out and got a colt and he was riding in Jerusalem. But he was just coming into Jerusalem and it turned into an epic story that has even taken a day of the Christian calendar. And you and I talk about today. That's, that's the kind of life that Jesus had, epic stories. But it wasn't just the day. It were all the epic stories that lined the streets that day. There were epic stories all up and down the streets, all these people that came to, to worship and glorify God. Now listen, here's what I believe. I don't believe these were just thrill seekers. I know some came because they wanted to see Lazarus. You remember Zacchaeus? You remember that little story of Zach, his little guy? He was a little too, too short to see Jesus when he came into town, so he quickly climbed up a tree so that he could see Jesus. He wanted to see it. He was just a thrill seeker. He just wanted to see Jesus. That's, that's all he did, right? He just climbed up the tree to see him with his eyes. 
These people on Palm Sunday, though, I believe they had epic stories of how Christ had touched their life already because they didn't just want to see Jesus. They started tearing the branches down out. They started taking off their clothes and, you know, their, their outer coats and, and laying them out there and waving them for Jesus. They were praising him and glory. They were there because there's something powerful that God had done in their life. They all had epic stories. Now, this is a very visual uh, occurrence. You know, this is something that we really need to see. And I'd like to, I'd like to show you a video, but, you know, I, I, I've just never seen a, a video that I really liked uh, uh, of Palm Sunday. You know, and I've, I've seen clips. I've seen old movies and things. I've just never seen one that I really liked. So I got something even better this morning. Got something even better. I, I was thinking about getting Justin and some of you guys up to, you know, just kind of make a parade here today. I'm not going to do that today. I don't want you to tweet about me again. All right. So, uh, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I got something better than that, too. Let me tell you what I've got. Here's what I'm going to do to help you get a true picture, get a true picture of what was happening up here. Here it is your imagination. Do you, everybody have an imagination? You know, it, you know, some of you have been a long time since you used yours, but we've all got an imagination, right? I mean, now, uh, uh, you know, when you were kids, you remember, back up, I want you to use your imagination. I was, I was telling the 930 service, man, my, my little granddaughter, two and a half years old, she has an imagination. Man, you come to my house, you, you think my house is just a plain old ordinary house? No, you come in and listen to her talk. If you listen to her talk, you'll find out, man, there are animals up in my, you know, there are princesses going around. Animals are hanging up in the trees, and yeah, because there are trees up there also, and these are talking animals, you know what I'm saying? She talks to them, they, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on if you pay attention to your imagination. So I want you to use your imagination like that right now. And I want you to see what was going on this day as Jesus was riding down the streets of Jerusalem and all these people, the disciples with Jesus, they were, no doubt, they were seeing people that they were recognizing and they were, thought, wait a minute, I remember that guy. He was the guy that was blind and Jesus spit and made mud out of the dirt and he put it on his eyes and when he washed, he, was, he, he could see again. Oh, there's, there's that guy that was deaf and Jesus touched him and, and uh, he, got his, he got his hearing back. Oh, and, and there's, that, there's that lady who had, who had, that, had that daughter that was so sick and, and, and just, I can just imagine, you know, Simon Peter just noticing all of these and pointing some of them out maybe to one of the, the newer disciples that hadn't been with Jesus very long and hadn't seen a lot of these miracles yet. And he's saying, hey, that was one that Jesus healed, and this was one that Jesus delivered, and this was one. And he's telling this, this young disciple this. And, and, and then all of a sudden, there's this, there's this woman that it's almost like a spotlight hits her, and, and Simon Peter recognizes her almost, but he looks and says, maybe not. I'm not really sure who she is. And, and, and then this young disciple says, who is that? She's waving at She's trying to get your attention. Simon Peter says, I'm really not sure. She looks a lot different than the way I remember her. And then it finally, finally it comes to him who she is. He begins looking at her, and, and, and it's not. She, she's a lot cleaner than she was the last time. She's dressed a lot nicer than she was the last time he saw her. She's in a lot better spirits. He said, you know, she's jumping up giddy and excited and worshiping Jesus. She wasn't like that the last time I saw her. And so Simon Peter begins to say, let me tell you her story. And he says, one day we were here in Jerusalem and, and, and there was a mob coming down the streets right at us. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if they were coming to get Jesus. They were screaming. They were yelling. Some were cursing using the name of the Lord in vain. And so all of a sudden, right before they get to Jesus, the, the, the crowd kind of parts, and a woman just comes flying out of the crowd. They threw this woman right at the feet of Jesus. And they began to, to yell at her and blaspheme, even, even some of them blaspheme in the name of God. Religious as they were acting, but there was no godliness about most of what was going on here. 
And they told Jesus that this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. They said, what? The, the, word, the, the law tells us, you know, what the, mo, the law that Moses gave us tells us that, that she's supposed to be stoned. She's supposed to be put to death for, for committing this crime, this sin against God. But they were trying to trick Jesus. They said, Jesus, what do you say? They knew that Jesus had, had been preaching about grace. He had been preaching about God's love. He had been preaching about forgiveness. They were trying to trick him. They were trying to catch him in a, in a weak moment that, that, you know, maybe he would try to bend a little bit of his rules or bend a little bit of God's. And Jesus did something really crazy. He just kind of bent down on his knee. He kind of just doodled in the sand for a little bit. Like he didn't even hear them. Like, he just ignored them, totally ignored them. Man, this made those guys mad. Man, so those guys, they began screaming even louder and louder. They were, they were so angry. They were so, they were so mad. And they were cursing. And, and, and they were demanding that Jesus answer them. Until finally Jesus stood up. And he, and he looked at each one of them. And he said, whoever in this crowd has no sin, let him throw the first stone at her to put her to death. And then he knelt back down. He started riding in the sand again. This time I paid attention and I looked and I, could, I, I saw what he was riding and I, I could read the words, but none of it made sense, at least to me. But it obviously made sense to some of those that were standing there holding the stones in their hands. Because as they read what Jesus was writing, and as they thought on what Jesus had just said about being without sin, these self-righteous guys who acted as if they had never committed any sin began dropping their stones. The oldest Seemed like they were dropping their stones first until the very the youngest finally dropped his stone. He was the last, and they all walked away from her. And she was set free right then, right there in front of our eyes. That's why she's like, about this time, the crowd gets up next to this lady. And Simon Peter introduces this, this uh, young disciple to her. And, and, uh, and so the young disciple said, well, what happened next? And Simon Peter said, that's it. She was delivered. And, and Simon Peter says, I was telling him your story about how they all dropped their rocks and, and left, and, and now you're free. And she said, that's not all of it, Simon Peter. That's not all that happened. It wasn't just, you don't understand, Simon. There's so much more that was happening then. So much more. She said, she said I destroyed my life. She said, I didn't have a friend left in the world. The kind of life I lived, nobody wanted to be my friend. I was ostracized. No woman would let me anywhere around themselves, around their house, and especially around their husbands. I couldn't, I couldn't hang out with the women at the well. I had no life whatsoever. The only, the only companionship I had was companionship I took by being a prostitute. She said, I, I'd thrown all that away. And, and she said, and my, and my parents, they, they disowned me. They, they couldn't accept what I was doing in the lifestyle that I was living. And so I totally destroyed all that. My, reputa my reputation, it wasn't just gone. My reputation was horrible. It was the worst that could, it could ever be. And all this, all this was taken away from me. And then that moment that I, that, that I met Jesus, there I was. And in just a few moments, I knew I was about to lose my life. I had taken everything that I had in this life, and I had thrown it away. I wasted it, used it, abused it, misused it. The people in my life that called me their friends were really just my abusers and the people who used me for what they could get out of me. And she said I was there, and she said I, I was in my tears, and I was in my crying because I knew in just a few moments 
In just a few moments, the death sentence was going to be pronounced by Jesus, this, this man who they said was the Son of God. I knew when, if he agreed with him, they were going to start stoning me. And she said, I was crying, and I was, I was asking God for forgiveness, yet I knew there was no forgiveness. I knew what the law said, and I knew all those things. And I was praying, God, please forgive me. And then, then all of a sudden, I, I heard noises. I heard people talking. He said, she said, but I didn't really know what was going on until all of a sudden, finally, Jesus said, woman, where are those men that are accusing you? He said, I looked around, and they were all gone. And he said, is, is anyone accusing you, woman? And she said, I turned back to Jesus. And she said, no one, Lord. She said, I, I, was really, I didn't know what was going to happen next because if he was truly the Son of God, surely he was about to speak, he was about to speak condemnation on me, and I was, still going to be, I was still going to be stoned. I was still going to be put to death. She said, I'll never forget when he looked in my eyes. For the first time, I looked into his eyes. And I knew there was no condemnation in his eyes. I knew there was no, there was no, even though he had all right in the world to tell me that I should give my life for living this kind of life, for throwing away everything that God had given to me. She said, even though he had every right to do that, she said in his eyes, oh no, I saw love. I saw compassion. I saw grace. I saw mercy. I saw forgiveness. And then I heard it with my ears. When he opened his mouth and he spoke the most beautiful words I'd ever heard, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And she said all of that that I had lost all of the weight and all of the burden. Oh, it's much more than just those men leaving. She said, all of that that I had lost, it all just kind of came right back to me. She said, the burden was gone. The weight had been gone. And she said, she said since that time, because of the, the peace that God has brought to me, I've been able to reconcile with family. I've been able to put many things in my life back together. I know, I, I'm asking you to use your imagination here just a little bit, but you gotta think, you gotta realize that the Bible couldn't write down every little detail of every little thing that's going on. These are the kinds of things hap that happen when Jesus Christ enters a life because he doesn't just walk in and walk out and things. When he walks into a life, things epic happen in those lives. And this woman's life was changed in an epic way. And that's the kind of story that people around you need to hear every day. People that are around you that need to hear that story. They need to, because there are people around you that have trashed their life just like that woman had. And maybe they hadn't done, some of the people around you hadn't done some of the things that she's done. But they've lost so much in their life. They've lost family members. They've lost friends. They don't have one single true friend out there. They've made so many mistakes. They, they've basically trashed everything that God has given them in this beautiful life. And they need to hear that kind of a story. That's, that's the kind of story that, that they need to hear. Everywhere Jesus goes, he leaves behind an epic story. You see, he's got, he's got a purpose in your praise. You know, you know what telling your story is? It's just praise. When you brag on God, you're just praising him. I mean, that's what you're doing. And he's got, he's got a purpose in your praise. And purpose is to bring others to him. I want you to remember this. I want you to think about this and see this. Other kings and other rulers, and, uh, and I know here in this country we don't think about kings and rulers. We think about presidents and governors, so let's just say politicians. You know, we understand politicians, right? We understand politicians. I don't think we've got any in the sanctuary right now. We, most of us don't like politicians, right? 
We, we understand politicians, and so, but kings and, and leaders and, and politicians throughout all of history, they, they've done good things for other people, but why? So other people would like them. Other people would vote for them. Other people would give them praise. But you think about that king that, that does something nice for someone so that they will bring praise on them. That king, he just kind of reclines back in his throne, you know, kicks his feet up and just listens to the praise. Oh, come on, bring it on, bring it on. Let me hear a little bit more. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, praise me. That's, that's all they're looking for. And they, they, if they do anything good for somebody, it's because they have to or it's because they want somebody's praise just for the sake of getting the praise, but not Jesus. His purpose in your praise, his purpose in you telling and relating stories like this woman who had thrown everything away, but Jesus gave it all back to her. The, the, the purpose in telling stories like that is because he wants to bring others near him. That just like, just like those kings maybe that sit there and they just take it. That's not who Jesus is. He's not a vain king. But when you're telling the story and you're bringing somebody else to, when he does something epic and, and you're telling somebody else that story and they come to him and you begin praising him and glorifying him and bragging on him, Jesus doesn't sit back and say, oh, come on, tell me some more. No, when you start doing that, you know what? Jesus is rolling up his sleeves and whatever he does for you and you brag on him and it gives an opportunity for him to meet somebody else. He's not just backing up saying, oh, come tell me some more. No, he's rolling up his sleeves. He's getting ready to do for them the same thing that he has done for you. That's his purpose. He wants us bragging on him. Not just, and he deserves, listen, he deserves it. I mean, if he never does anything good for anybody else in this whole world, he deserves our praise. But that's not the message this morning. The message today is for you to understand that even in that, he has a purpose, a purpose of drawing others to him so he can roll up his sleeves. Remember, just like Lazarus, you may say, how do you, you, know, how do you know there were people like that, that they were there because of the epic stories? Because we know, we know at least one Lazarus, right? I mean, we just read that right before. That's why some people showed up. Look at verse 17 and 18. It says, Therefore the people who were with Jesus, when Jesus called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, they bore witness. And for this reason, the people also met Jesus because they heard that he had done this sign. Because the people had bore witness, is what the word there says. They just told the story. They related the story of how Jesus called Lazarus out of his tomb back to life. Because of that, people had come close to Jesus that day in Jerusalem. They were coming closer and closer and closer to him. And we know because of the, that story bringing some people, there, probably, there had to be many epic stories lining those streets that day. We need to relate the stories. We need to tell the stories. You know, too often, too often evangelism has been teaching somebody the ABCs of praying the sinner's prayer. Evangelism, you know, you know I, heard this, I heard this definition of evangelism many years ago. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's evangelism. One person who has found what they need in this life telling somebody else who still needs it, let me tell you where to find it. One person who has an epic story in their past telling somebody who needs an epic story for their future. That's all evangelism is. We just need to tell the story. And you know what? You have a story, an epic story. We forget it. We forget. I, and listen, 
I've got all kinds of epic stories running through my mind right now. Y'all got two or three hours? We stay, we stay here two or three hours. I can tell you epic story after epic story after epic story. And not just the ones from the Bible. I mean stories happening right now, around here, right this moment. I can tell you, I can tell you of at least two times I should, be, I should have been dead and God protected my life. I mean, I, I got one of them. There, there's one thing happened in my life that it still, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think about it sometimes. Y'all know what those are? I was, re- I was reading a story in Reader's Digest one day, and it was kind of late at night. I, was, I, I could, couldn't go to sleep. This was several years ago. I was reading Reader's Digest, and it was a story very similar to my almost death experience. And I had to put the, I had to put the book down because how close, that was so close. I mean, it just, it, it just oh, it just crawled all over me that night. I got that close to, I know, I have epic stories in my life. Times that, times that I know, that, you know, t- times when I know the doctor was about to shake his head. But then God started nodding his head. <laughs> epic stories in my life. You have an epic story. All of us have an epic story. And we've started gathering a few of them around here. And listen, some of you need to make an appointment with the shock and awe team at this church. And you need to share your epic story. Let us share just a few with you for the next few moments. This is my epic story. And this is my epic story. This is my epic story. This This is is our our epic epic story. Uh, Since I was a child, I've loved the Lord with all my heart. He sold me through an appendectomy, and when the doctor said I wouldn't live, and I made it, I had a praying grandmother, and I have had Jesus in my heart all my life. In uh, 2005, after being married to a most wonderful man who had been deacon and everything in churches, he's just a wonderful man, I lost my husband, and uh, at first I didn't think I could go on, but I just really found that how wonderful the Lord. He, He gave me just such peace that I could go on and and try to uh, help the rest of my family to have birthday dinners and things at my home to keep the family together as a unit and then I lost my daughter and uh, in 2009 and uh, she had three beautiful children and since then God has given me the strength to do what I can for the children and uh, he has just been there with me all the time Brittany has two children so I'm a great grandmother and uh, he just this really gives me strength every day to help in those situations when I'm called on. And recently, Bruce had a terrible trauma. He was in Florida, and I was here and couldn't leave. Um, but first, before I tell that, I want to tell that I have a son in Hawaii, in Hawaii who is now in Japan in that situation. I don't want to dare leave him out and get uh, started because he has done well. He's uh, going possibly for a... Uh, he, he is a general right now, and I'm very proud of him. But Bruce could have lost his leg due to a terrible infection. I got down on my knees in my living room and I cried out to God and he heard me. And he healed him and he's brought him home to me again. Uh, We're facing, he's been through surgery about 10 times, but we're on the last phase of this. This is why the Lord has meant so much to me. And very soon we'll have all this behind us and I'm looking forward. And Church 2911 has meant so much to me. Your friendly faces, the praise and worship, I can't wait to get here on Sunday morning to just praise and worship the Lord because the weeks are hard for all of us. But God has been very good to me and this is my epic story. A lot of people told me when my son died at the age of 21 
that they couldn't understand how I was surviving, how I was making it through even a single day. Uh, but the truth is that uh, through the death of my son, uh, I was rescued. Jesus actually rescued me. At the time, we had been in church and had gotten out of church, and I had got into a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and our son had been on drugs, and we had got him cleaned up. But since then, God has delivered me from a lot of demons. He has delivered our family from a lot of demons. He found us at a time where we were at our lowest and brought us back up because of this church. Had it not been for Brother Rick preaching of our son's funeral and inviting us to this church, we probably still wouldn't be in church. Um, there were so many members of my family that turned their life back over to God. And it was, um, it was a blessing through such a tragedy, but all in all, it turned out to be a great uh, relationship with God because uh, through every day, every day that I struggled, every day that I cried and I mourned and I, I was sad and, and I missed Him so much, God would wrap His arms around me and pick me up. And I know that there was nothing that could have done that for me but God. And I could have blamed him, and I could have I could have been angry, and I could have been mad because for a split second I was. But the truth of it is, is that when the day was done, I knew, I knew where my peace lied. I knew where I had to turn to get that peace and comfort that only God can give. And through it all, He raised up a family that truly loves Him. And without Church 2911, um, I don't know where we'd be today. This church means a lot to us, and everybody here means a lot to us. And without this church, there's no telling where my family would be now. Because the love and the support from them has been astronomical. And we're just so thankful that God brought through a tragedy, um, sort of a salvation, I guess, uh, to an entire family. And we're so blessed and so happy that we're here at Church 2911. In 05, Jeff was diagnosed with brain, uh, stage 2 brain cancer. It all started out at the Cumberland Golf Course on Ho 5. He had his first seizure. From there, he had a tumor removed that's the size of a golf ball. In two weeks, he, he went back to work and back to um, doing his uh, army duties. But from there, he uh, after three, three and a half years, he was diagnosed with a stage four brain cancer, it's a glioblastoma. That day, they came out and told us he had 48 weeks to live. That was in October. In December, his brain started swelling so bad that he had two strokes to cause his vision to go tunnel and almost lost his eyesight in his right eye. After that, we came home on December the 16th, and on December the 20th, our house burnt down. Yes, I said burnt down. It was really crazy, but God really showed us what how people can really help out and reach out and show us that He was in control of all our situation. It was very hard for us to understand at that point. Uh, but how we live every day is we count our blessings. We don't sit around and think about what happened to our family or anything. We just sit around and count our blessings. That comes to what we live by right now. As we um, getting ready for our second annual golf tournament, we wanted to do something and outreach to other people that is going through the same thing as we are. The research is helping people to get more medicine and help uh, reach out to, um, you know, further the education of brain cancer. But um, 
The first year we did it was last year, and we did in first of May. And May is Brain Cancer Awareness, and I want to everybody to know that in May is Brain Cancer Awareness. So please reach out and you know, thank and pray about the people that is uh, dealing with brain cancer. But this year it's going to be April the 30th. Last year we raised 13,500. Our goal was 10,000, and we made that. This year our goal is 15,000 and I'm hoping and praying that we will exceed that too. Uh, that is our story and you know we're very blessed and God has truly blessed us over and over and over and that's why we want to reach out and I hope our story will help people when they go through tragedy that they can see us with a smile on our face and that we are still going. Amen. That was December of 08, December of 08, 48 weeks, 48 weeks, that's less than a year. I think it's been a couple of years since December of 08, hasn't it? And Jeff's not with us right now because he normally comes to early service. He was here this morning. And thank God for that. Just listen, he's already beat that by over, two, you know, getting close to two years now. He's already beat that. And then, Father, the strength, the grace of God. And, and look at what they've done is God's used them to start turning this around and also going to send, uh, be able to raise money and send money for the research for brain cancer as well. Alan and Connie were here in the first service as well. They lost their son, Chris, uh, almost two years ago. And I, I pastored them some years ago, and they got out of church. And Chris uh, had been in a whole lot of stuff, seemed to be a pretty healthy young man about to enter the army. He'd been through some drug use and some things like that, but he had gotten clean. He was serving God again, singing and uh, uh, playing guitar and, and writing music. And just one morning, did not wake up. Just passed away. They called me broken. They were, they were away from God. They called me broken. I went and did the funeral, and just one thing led to another. And so many members of their family have come back to know God because of that. Epic stories. And then Bruce and Marianne Baker. Bruce shouldn't, Bruce shouldn't even have a, one of his legs today because of the infection that went there. The infection that went into the end after this surgery, and he's had, I think she said 10 surgeries. Is that what it was that he's had? Shouldn't even have a leg today. But he's got a leg. And oh, there, there's, there's, so many, there's so many details that we don't have time to put it on a video or, or you, you don't have time to sit and hear all these today. But just details of showing up just the right place at the right time. Couldn't even find a doctor to really touch it at one point. And, and then, boom, at the right place at the right time. ER. That's, that's, that's the epic things that God does. And this lady right here, what she's been through the last few years, she ought to be under a rock hiding somewhere. That's where, that's where the devil wanted to put her. That's where she ought to be. She ought to be hiding under a rock. But, pow, the grace of God, man. The epic story of her life and the way she continues to allow God to just continue to bring blessings, not just to her, but through her to other people. Thank God. Those are the kinds of epic stories that need to be told over and over and over again in our communities. Nobody knows Jairus. That's the one I told in the early service. Nobody knows this woman, this woman caught in the act of adultery that I told during this sermon. Those are good stories. You need to share them. But we know these kinds of stories. And you have your own story as well. 
but you just keep forgetting them. You keep forgetting them. Stand with me, if you will. Come to the front. We're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to close with a song. And I think we've got one more epic story for you. Just before we close, come on to the front, if you will. Step on in so we get everybody down the aisle if we can. In just a few moments, Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. But don't start singing until you finish praying, okay? Let me tell you what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this, and I want you to pray along with me. Now, if you don't pray with me, you can't just block it. Say, I don't want that, God. Don't give it to me, okay? But I want you to pray this one and say, yeah, God, give it to me. I'm going to pray these two things. I'm going to pray, first of all, God helps you see what your epic story is. There's something about your life that should be a big mess today. And if God wasn't in your life, it would have been. There's something about your life that uh, should be totally destroyed, wiped out. Some of you would be uh, divorced. Some of you would be broke. Some of you would be... Uh, still in drug addiction or alcohol, your alcoholism and addiction would still be in control of your life. But there's some things like that, that in, in your life. There's something in your life that wouldn't be what it's supposed to be if God hadn't been in your life. You have an epic story. <coughs> it, it could have been one of those near-death experiences. Man, I've got two. It could have been one of those near-death experiences. He says, my epic story. But you've got an epic story. So I'm going to pray this. I'm going to pray, God, open our eyes to remember what our epic story is. God, as soon as the tornado passes over, well, it didn't get me. And we forget God did something for us. Right, right. Thank God. You have an epic story somewhere. The second thing I'm going to pray is I'm going to pray God gives you opportunity this week. If I, if I don't say this week, you're going to put it off. I'm going to pray God gives you an, an opportunity this week to relate your epic story to somebody. He opens a door for you to share your story, your epic story. So if you haven't figured out what your epic story is and God opens an opportunity, tell one of these you just heard. I'm praying God opens an opportunity for you to tell an epic story to someone this week about how great Jesus Christ is. That's what I'm going to pray, those two things. I want you to join me right now. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song.